Thanks, Trevor. I just did not know that you had those moves. That is seriously impressive. Bless you. Yeah, exactly. So do sign up if you're married and you want to learn salsa and or see Trevor dance, then uh, that's the place for you to be next Saturday. Yeah. Maybe on the Sunday, Trevor, you can show us what you guys did on the Saturday, huh? Yeah, I think there's a... Maybe not, yeah. Hmm. Well, it's great to worship with you all this morning and to be here together. Uh, let me just get my plethora of notes out here. By the way, who would like to know what I did this week? Anyone? Anyone interested? Oh, you are interested. Oh, I'm surprised. Good. It's been, <laughs> it's been an interesting week. Lots has been happening. I wouldn't mind mentioning a few highlights. Um, Trevor talked about connect groups. You know, that's where we do church here, connect groups. And at the start of the year, I said that I'm going to have visit every single connect group this year the Mark Alvagin Roadshow, as some people have coined it. And <laughs> it's been amazing, you know, just such a privilege to see the love and the life in, in our groups. And if you're not part of a connect group, then I'd encourage you to get into one. Down in the atrium on the left-hand side near the welcome stand, there's a ton of leaflets for different connect groups. Equally, you can look online on our website, the St. Albans Church, uh, and check those out. But <clears throat> last week, I had the pleasure and the privilege of going to Ali Patel's connect group, and uh, so blessed by the ladies there. They seriously blessed me, so thank you, ladies. Had a great time, and uh, I'm coming to one of your Connect groups uh, next week, one of you guys. You don't know who you are yet. Um, and it's going to be just an amazing time. So great worshiping with you and praying with you. And Saturday morning was great. We had our men's breakfast. Yes. Any of you chaps here right in the room that were there Saturday? There's a few. Yeah, it was a great time to hear from the Lord. You know, I just was struck just by the hunger and the relationships uh, of the, the chaps there. It was such an amazing time. And you know, it's funny, isn't it? Because we often joke when we do notices, we say, men's breakfast, come, food, men. And it's like, well, that's it. <clears throat> I know it's tongue-in-cheek, but I, if I'm honest, I think we probably do it a bit of a disservice. Um, because these are just amazing guys who are hungry, not just for the food, but actually to meet with God. And I just want to say, I think God is doing something new in our, in our blokes here in this place. Uh, so, this is not a trick question, but if you're a bloke, hands up. Well done. Can you stand up, please? <clears throat> I want to pray for you guys, blokes. Um, sorry to make you uncomfortable, but I just want to pray a blessing on you guys. You know, speaking to a lot of ladies, they're praying for you, men. Yeah, a phrase like, come on, now's the time. Stand up. So, I'm going to pray for you, and you guys do an amazing job here, and I just want to pray a blessing. Lord, thank you for the men in this place. Thank you for what you're doing in our midst. And I just pray a blessing upon these men that they would be hungry for you, that they would seek your face. Lord, your word says in Psalm 24 that the generation that seeks you receives your blessing. Would we be that generation? Rise up the men in this place to be prayer warriors, to intercede. And would they be all that you've called them to be? I pray in your precious name. Amen. Bless you guys. Well done. You can sit down. Yeah. Woo. Amen. So, uh, what are we doing here this Sunday? Some of you might have seen that video. Anyone see the video? Thank you for your feedback on the cheese level. Uh, <laughs> fairly cheesy, but hey, it was kind of fun to do. And so some of you are wondering what on earth I'm talking about. We did see a bit of a trailer for this morning, so some of you know what we're going to talk about over the next few weeks. But really, this, is, this new series that I'm going to unveil in a moment is a really a continuation of the journey that we've been on as a people which is positioning ourselves for more of him. You know, we pray the Lord's Prayer, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What do we think we, we're praying when we pray that? 
We're praying for his rule and reign, for his manifest presence to break in and through us. And that is what we're seeking. That is the vision that God has put on our heart for the kind of people he's calling us to be. And you know, last week was amazing for those of you who were here. We had a time of testimonies to hear what God's doing, a time of prophetic words. And at the end of every series, we're going to do that. We're going to take a Sunday out and just hear what God is doing. And there were some amazing testimonies of victories that God has brought. And it wasn't just for us adults and the youth that joined us for that. We had uh, Ventureland and Village. The kids did the same thing. And you'll see on the boards out there some words and pictures that the kids had put together from the herd from the Lord. And I thought it would be kind of great to hear some of those. So I took some copies. This one is from Matt. He says, we live in a sinful world, but when the Lord shines his light on the church, God does incredible things. Isn't that amazing? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Bless Matt, Lord. What else have we got here? They've got another one here. I love this. A picture of a heart, and there's no name on it, but it says, God's love will never crack. Isn't that amazing? Just the wisdom out of the mouth of babes, that verse says. Amazing. Thank you, Lord. And I love this one from Eva. It says, I'm going to sing in the middle of the storm. Louder and louder. You're going to hear your praises roar. Isn't that amazing? Just love what the Lord is doing in this place, you know. So thank you, Lord. And just before I kind of unveil this new series, I know I had mentioned a couple of weeks back in preparation for that week that we'd have an extended time of worship. And some of you fed back to me. It was a shame we didn't have uh, longer in worship. I agree. It was just so many amazing testimonies. So Sam and I, our worship pastor, have been talking and the rest of the team. And at some point, we will have a worship event where we can just come together and just worship and praise him. Amen. And that's going to be exciting. So what are we going to be doing this morning? What are we kicking off for the next many weeks? Well, you know, as we were meeting as a team, the preaching and teaching team with Denise and Wendy and Richard and myself, we really felt the Lord saying that he wanted to reveal himself in a new and deeper way. You know, we've been looking at how we position ourselves for him, but God is saying, do you know who I really are? And do we know who he is, Really? I think we have a measure of understanding, but God is wanting to reveal himself in a new way. Now, why is that important? Well, there's a great book here uh, called The Knowledge of the Holy by A.W. Tozer. And uh, he writes this. He says, what comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. Let me read that again. That's interesting, isn't it? What comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. Why is that? Let me give you two reasons why this is important. The first one is this. We become that which we worship. Think about it. If you worship a stingy God, you become stingy. It's true. I've seen it. If you worship a God who is always an angry God, you become angry. If you worship a God that doesn't care about sin and just lets us do our own thing, then nor do you in your own lives. And so knowing who really God is means that we can worship him in spirit and in truth. The the next one, our expectancy and faith is linked to the type of God we worship. Think about it. If we worship a God who chooses not to heal, then we don't expect him to. No faith is required. If we worship a God who is on the sidelines watching and saying, get up to your own thing, then when we're going through the battles of life, We don't reach out to him. We have no expectancy that he can solve our problems. 
And so the thing about this series is that God is wanting to reveal himself to us because it has profound and far-reaching implications for our very own destiny. And for some of us, we put God in a box, and God is going to do some box smashing over the next few weeks and reveal himself. And so over the next 12 weeks, we're going to allow God to reveal himself through his many names. And so the title is Revealed, the Names of God. And I love this imagery because just like an amazing diamond when you shine a light, there's so many beautiful facets. So there is to God's fullness. And he reveals that through his names. And so this morning is not going to be your typical teaching. It's merely me setting the scene, doing some foundation setting for, for us over the next few weeks. And uh, Denise is going to be kicking off that next week with one of the names of God that we're going to look at. And here's some resources that you might want to look at. This is called God Has a Name by John Mark Comer. We're selling this in the bookshop. A really helpful way of thinking about God and his name. And this one is from Marilyn Hickey, The Names of God. And each chapter looks at one of the many names of God because he has many. He has many. Now, let me ask you a question then. Have you ever wondered what's in a name? You know, a famous line from Romeo and Juliet. Juliet says that for surely a rose with any other name would be as sweet as this, questioning whether a name is actually important. And um, we all have names that are mostly used. We mostly use them, don't we, as an identifier. You know, we put it on our tax return or someone... <laughs> Someone shouts our names, and for me, I know when I'm in trouble, because instead of Seth saying, darling, she'll say, Mark. I'm like, oh no, I'm in, I'm in trouble now. What have I done? But we all have names, and they all have connotations, don't they? I mean, let me just, okay, I'm going to be a bit self-revealing here in the context and the theme of revealed. My grandma, my Greek grandmother, I'm half Greek, half Armenian, calls me Markimu. <laughs> Interesting, isn't it? Now, it does, she's not saying I'm a cow although it does sound like that, but mu in Greek means my. So she's calling me my Marky, which I think is lovely, isn't it? In fact, after the first service, I had a couple of people call me Marky Moo, which was very nice. Yeah. <laughs> so names have a meaning. So what I thought would be really a fun thing to do is I want us to take some time and turn around to someone next to you and ask them what their name is and see if they know what their name means. Mmm, this should be interesting. Okay, let's do that right now. Turn around, ask someone their name, see what it means. <clears throat> That's great. Wow, so good. So good being on the streets of St. Albans and meeting those people and asking what's in a name. And special thanks to, uh, to Green Rock, founded by our own Simon Green uh, Video Production Agency, who held us, helped us out with that. Thank you. And, but it's a great question to ask, isn't it? And it's interesting that these guys probably... I would have thought 35% knew what their names meant, so less than you guys, well done, you're very impressive. Um, but there is meaning in a name, there really is meaning in a name. You know, in ancient times, in Bible times, a name represented, you see, more than just a label, more than just a, oh, you're naughty. It represented the very nature of a person. So one Old Testament scholar writes this, in the world of the Hebrew scriptures, a personal name was often thought indicate something essential about the buyer's identity, bearer's identity, origin, birth, circumstances, or the divine purpose that the bearer was intended to fulfill. So what's in a name? Quite a lot, actually. You know, we see that in the Bible, so many examples. What about Abraham and Abraham? Abraham and Abraham, same guy. You see, he was called initially Abraham, Abraham which means exalted father. But God changed his name. Why? Well, we read in Genesis 17, 6, 
when God makes a covenant with Abraham about what he's going to do with Abraham, he says this, I have made you a father of many nations. I will make you very fruitful. I will make nations of you and kings will come from you. And in that moment, he changes his name to Abraham, which means father of many nations, a new name, a new destiny. What about Jacob? We mentioned Jacob. Jacob means heel grabber. Sorry about this. Yeah. In, f- in fact, it comes out because Jacob came out holding Esau's heel. I'm sure there's many other meanings to the name Jacob as well. You'll find Jacques. But this name actually in the, in, the, in the Bible here had more connotations. It meant that Jacob was a bit of a, a liar and a cheat. And that's what he did. He was a bit of a con man, wasn't he, Jacob? I mean, he, he uh, managed to get his older brother's birthright. But something changed one night with Jacob. You probably remember the story. Jacob wrestles with God and says in Genesis 32, verse 26, I will not let you go until you bless me. And in fact, ever since that time, he had a dislocated hip and he walked with that as he wrestled with God. And in that moment, what happens? God renames him. No longer Jacob, but to Israel, which means he struggles with God. A new name, a new destiny. And so names represent the very nature and the destiny of a person. And so why have I been spending time trying for us and painting that picture of the importance of a name? It's because of this. God has a name too. In fact, he has many names. You see, when we say God, that's not really his name. It's more of a title, like Lord. It's a title. But God has a personal name, just like Mark In fact, the Bible shows us that he has many, many names, which are descriptive of his many attributes. You see, the names of God represent who he is, his very nature. But more than that, and this is what God wants to focus on, is it represents the promises that he has towards us as his people. And so why is it so important for us to understand the names of God? Because we worship that which we become. And we have expectancy and faith for the type of God we worship. And God is saying, I want to cause you to be more expectant for what I'm going to do in your midst. Because this is who I am. This is my promise to you. And we read an amazing story in Exodus uh, chapter 33 where Moses um, is in the desert. And God is saying, I want you guys to go this way. And, And Moses essentially says, I'm not going to go unless you follow us. And in chapter 33, verse 15, then Moses said to him, If your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. How will anyone know that you are pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us? What else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth? And the Lord said to Moses, I will do the very thing you have asked because I am pleased with you and I know you by name. Interesting that the Lord knows us by name, of course. Then this is what Moses said. Show me your glory. So even after God promised that he wanted more, and that's, uh, I want to be like Moses. I want to be hungry for more. Hungry for him. And so how does God respond? It's time to reveal his glory to to Moses. And we read in Exodus 34, verses 5 and 7. This is what God does. Then the Lord came down in the cloud and stood there with him. And what happened? Proclaimed his name. In the revelation of his glory, God proclaimed his name, Yahweh. 
Now, in the scripture, it says Lord. If you read in your Bible, L-O-R-D in capitals, I th- you know, that actually means Yahweh. And oftentimes, we, we read it as Lord and we forget that it's his name. It means Yah- Yahweh, which is based on the word I am. And so God is saying to Moses, Yahweh, Yahweh. The Lord, the Lord, it says here, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness, maintaining love to thousands and forgiving wickedness, rebellion and sin. That is Yahweh. And so in revealing his glory, he reveals his name. And that is God's promise to us as a people over this next season. And you know, we see throughout the Bible from this moment on, God continues to reveal himself through his name, Yahweh, or Jehovah, which is the the, the Latinized version of that. Jehovah Jireh. I am Jireh. Anyone heard Jehovah Jireh, that song in the 80s? Jehovah Jireh, my provider, his grace is sufficient for me, for me, for me. I'm the only one singing this. What's going on? Well, those people that said you knew it, you should have sung along. (laughs) I am the provider. That's who he is, but that's his promise to us. And so if God provides, then we should seek him for all things. If we don't realize that, we won't seek him in that way. Jehovah Nisi, the Lord, my victory. And the first service said, I don't think there is a song with that, but Andy, you grabbed me between the two services. There is. Someone else knows it as well. Yeah, there is. Jehovah Nisi, I am your victory. That's who he is. That is his promise to us, his people. So what does that mean for us? It means that when we go into battle, we don't go alone, that he has battled for us and won the victory. Jehovah Shammah, the Lord is there. I am with you. That's his promise to us. So if God is there for me, I need never feel alone. I never feel as if he's not looking and with me and so with each name, and we're going to spend 12 weeks looking at that, each, each week is going to be a name of God, it's going to challenge who we think God is, and it's going to cause and require a response for how we seek him and worship him. But here's the thing, oh, it gets even better than that. Because as New Testament believers, what do I mean by that? As people who are part of the covenant that Jesus came here on earth and died for our sins, Jesus has revealed these names to us. Jesus revealed the Father to us. John 17, verse 6 and 26. Jesus, he is praying for his disciples, and he's praying to the Father, and he says this, Father, I have revealed your name to those you gave me. I have made your name known to them. Now, if you check this in your NIV, the name, there is another word there, but in the footnotes, it says name. It's the Greek it's name. I've made you known. You see, your name is who God is. It's a stand-in, if you like, for who God is. And so Jesus is saying that he, the very person of Jesus, fully God, fully man, has revealed the Father. John 14, 9, if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. How is that? How is that? Jesus healed and showed God as Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who heals Jesus won the victory on the cross for us and showed God as Jehovah Nisi. Jesus brought peace to the people he was with and brought peace on the cross into our situations and showed God as Jehovah Shalom. And Jesus showed us God. 
Jesus, God incarnate. We read in chapter 1 of John, In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. And the Word was made flesh. Jesus. There is no higher name than Jesus. For he is God. And so each week we're going to allow the Lord to reveal himself to us. I'd like to invite the band up. And he's going to do some box breaking if we put God in a box. So how do we respond to this, guys, over these next 12, 13 weeks? You know, A.W. Tozer, as I mentioned in this book, he wrote this. Only after, it's a bit funny actually, only after an ordeal of painful self-probing are we likely to discover what we actually believe about God. I find that fascinating because it is going to require us to go deep. And the, the, you know, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you can test and approve, prove out God's perfect will for you. This is part of his transformation as a people, that he reveals his truth, and in so doing, we are transformed into his very likeness. I don't know about you, but I'm excited to hear what Denise brings next week as we kick off this amazing journey. Why don't we all stand and I'm going to pray for us before we worship. Thank you, Lord. <clears throat> Thank you, Father. Come, Holy Spirit. Lord, what is in a name? An awful lot. It is awesome to use that word correctly. For you are going to reveal yourself in a new and fresh and deeper way to us, your people, through your names. Lord, would you prepare our hearts to receive, open our eyes to see. Would we leave any preconceptions of who you are at the door and be hungry for your truth, be hungry for Jesus to reveal yourself to us.